Hello, and welcome back. I'm your hostess, Danielle, and today we'll be discussing some helpful tips if you're practicing in the broom closet. The type of message I get most frequently to my Instagram inbox is how to practice if one of is part of a conservative family. I've heard a lot of different background problems, the main one being that the parents of the person who want to practice are part of Catholicism or Christianity that sees witchcraft as the act of the devil and purely evil. Something to remember when dealing with parents or even opposing people in your life like that is that this is the way they've been brought up. This is something that's been drilled into them and generations before them. It is something they have been bred to fear. It is not that they want to squash it out of you out of spite. It's because they are afraid, and to fear is to be human. Fear of their child being the target of the devil or going to hell. Fear of their family being shamed, possibly. Fear of never being able to speak to you again. Practicing in the broom closet can be frustrating, but it doesn't have to be as suffocating as people think. It actually gives you a chance to study and hone parts of your craft before you come out of the broom closet, giving you more of a strong base for when you decide to be open about your choice. Introspective study can be incredibly grounding in the beginning. Even if you want to share every amazing bit of knowledge you soak up, patience is key to practicing your craft in general. The major setback to practicing behind closed doors is that a lot of the best information is that in physical print. If you're practicing without anyone knowing, and or are young enough not to have your own income, it cuts off a lot of valuable resources. Borrowing books from the library or buying secondhand is more often than not just not a viable option. The benefit of practicing in this day and age though is that there's so much free information on the internet and so many people have cell phones or personal laptops. You'd be surprised how many valuable websites come up when you Google search herbal, color, or crystal correspondences. Sometimes you have to include witchcraft or wicca in your search to get the right list, but it brings up a plethora of information. You will find websites you enjoy and trust more than others, just like there are authors that people gravitate towards more frequently than others. I have always found wicca.com, oldworldwitchcraft.com, and thewhitegoddess.co.uk as some of my personal favorites and are great when it comes to information about the craft. There are also several apps I know that are available for the iPhone that are incredibly helpful with learning correspondences and astrological information. I'm not sure if they're available for other platforms, but I surely hope so. Bear with me while I try and name off as many of these apps as I can. PlantNet. I find this app handy because you can pick your location in order to properly identify each plant. There isn't any magical information, but it is handy to make sure you don't touch or ingest something you definitely shouldn't. Stone. Crystals Illuminated. One of the best handheld stone apps I've used. They add new definitions all the time. It includes photos, correspondences, and easy to read information about background, all the different types of that particular crystal, just pretty much everything. It's invaluable. Best essential oils and aromatherapy guide. Another helpful guide that isn't really magical, but more informational. It breaks down individual oils and their uses, composition, benefits, and geographical background. 
Deluxe Moon is one I have used for years that uses location to determine the moon phase in your area in real, in real time. It gives information on what plants to plant at what phases of the moon, the percentage of illumination, the time of moonrise, moonset, sunrise, and sunset, as well as a bold list of recommendations, precautions, symbols, and so much more for that exact day. It is one of my favorites, hand down. Wicca Spells and Tools. This app I have a love-hate relationship with. It definitely has some good spells and has organized them under categories like banishing and protection. It also has love and binding spells. It's important to understand though that not all spells should be attempted, and if you read a spell that doesn't sit well with you, you can avoid it or change parts of it. But if you have no idea where to start with spellcrafting, this at least gives you kind of a, a set of what you could do if you were to create your own, uh, different rhymes, different ways to just put it together. So it is informational, you just have to use your better judgment. Wiccan Terms. This is an app that provides purely definitions of common words found in the Wiccan practice and can make it easier to understand rituals and which tools you use for what. A definite suggestion for beginners. CoStar Astrology. This app I know is unfortunately just for the iPhone, but hopefully they will fix that later. It's a very handy app for personal astrological information. Putting in your birth date, location, and time gives you a breakdown of your birth chart, including where all the planets were at the time of your birth and what they mean. You can also add friends with the app and see different compatibilities, which I think is pretty cool as long as you don't get too wrapped up in it. Sky View and Sky Safari. They're two different apps, but they're both very similar in application. Not necessarily magical, but very handy for pinpointing constellations, showing planet locations and trajectory patterns, and giving the names of stars. So if you're looking at being able to actually see Jupiter or Mars or Mercury when they're closest to the Earth, you can at least pinpoint it and look at, you know, that specific star is the planet, or you can point a telescope at it. They are handy. As far as actually practicing in secret goes, there are several ways to perform effective spells or rituals without all of the materials some witches may have. Real candles can be a problem if you're in the broom closet because of a fire hazard and their smell, so fake candles can do just as well as a substitute. It's more the symbolization that counts for the most part, depending on the spell. Incense can have the same problem with smell. Sometimes you can get away with it in items like hand cream if you need to anoint yourself with a certain type. Um, incense is also an ingredient that can be omitted as a lot of the time it's used to help the witch focus. Sometimes it's an added ingredient to spells for potency, but you can usually find flower petals to use instead of the actual oil or the actual incense. If you're not likely going to be able to use fire, then a cauldron isn't an item you need to worry about in the beginning anyway, completely taking away that problem. You also don't need something specific for a wand to practice properly. It's really just used to direct your magical intent, and what better to do that than your pointer finger? 
if bringing home a stick, rather large stick or small stick, will raise questions anyway. A lot of your power comes from visualization, not totally from the objects you use. You don't need to have a huge altar space, just somewhere or possibly a mantra that helps you get into the groove of your ritual or spell. You can maybe keep a shoebox full of small supplies under a bed or in a closet and draw symbols on it, making the lid of the box your mini altar to help focus you. Uh, but even just a simple piece of paper that you can fold up and hide can be used as well. Anything that will make it easier for you to practice, possibly less likely to get caught depending on the severity of your living situation. Um, it's all about the visualizing. As long as you can do that, you should be able to practice without any worry. The most important thing is to believe in yourself and in your magic. You don't need all the fancy tools or the most expensive item in order to make your magic powerful or real. And that is really hard to remember when Instagram and Facebook are filled with witches who have multiple items and big altars and can practice however they want. Remember, a lot of them came from where you are right now and they worked hard and found their niche and then their tools found them. Some people have been practicing for tens of tens of years before they even had their first wand or even thought they needed it. Practicing in the broom closet does not make you weak or an inferior witch. Exercise patience and don't compare yourself to anyone else or your craft to anyone else's. This brings us to the end of this episode. This will be a bi-weekly podcast, so make sure to subscribe and turn your notifications on. Next time, we will be discussing effective ways to come out of the broom closet. This episode was brought to you by the tarot card, the Ace of Swords. The Ace of Swords has a couple meanings. The suit of swords is that of air and action. The cards address power, conflict, and change. The aces of any suit mark beginnings. The Ace of Swords brings about mental clarity and is the beginning of a new power. When lightning strikes, all becomes clear, and it's as if you can see everything for what it is. If you're on Instagram or Twitter, swing by my page under the same name, A Witch Alone. And if you follow, make sure you say hi. I love meeting new followers. Until next episode, blessed be.